Hello, and welcome to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and today we've got a little different show in store for you. Usually, we have a guest expert offering advice on a specific area of practice management or type of growth strategy. But today, we're going to hear from you, the advisor audience. We get mail every week asking our expert questions about a topic they mentioned in their interview on the show. We usually get an answer within a very short period of time, reply to the listener with the answer, and that's the end of it. We got to thinking about it and realized that maybe other advisors listening might benefit from the answers as well. So today, we're going to read some of those questions and the answers live on the air. Our first question came in by email from Mark, an advisor in New Jersey, who writes, I really enjoyed Diane McPhee's interview, and her approach to clients and their planning seems to be spot on. I'd like to copy some of her script language to use with my clients. Is that available for listeners? Mark, I enjoyed speaking with Diane immensely and thought her mindset and attitude were just what the doctor ordered. We need to remember that advisors truly are experts at what they do and own that knowledge in a quiet, confident way. I can tell you from speaking with Diane personally, she's not a big fan of verbatim scripts, but agrees that some practice and preparation can help build confidence and should not be overlooked. The only thing I can tell you is that there are about 100 sales books a month published, many with approach scripts in them. Get out your Kindle, try out a few for practice, see if any of them resonate with your prospect pool, and adjust and modify them until they do. Our next question is from Jim, an advisor in Seattle, who asked, Our firm has been doing strategic planning for a couple of years now, and we found it really helped us focus our business. Your interview with Jenny Hudgens gave us just a brief look at the advantages of strategic planning for advisory firms. I was wondering if you were planning to have her come back and get into more details this year. Jim, you may be in luck there. I thought Jenny's advice was some of the best we heard last year, and I've asked if she'd be willing to come back and join us for another session, and she agreed. We just haven't scheduled a date yet. Keep listening and visiting the PAS webpage, PinnacleAdvisorSolutions.com, for information on upcoming episodes to be sure you don't miss it once we get it posted. Another advisor, Bill from Connecticut, writes, Love your show. Particularly, I could listen to your guest, Dave Grant, all day long. He was really entertaining. I'd like to start a content marketing campaign like his, but I'm really not a good writer. Is there a source of material I could use to get started until I can polish up my skills? Well, Bill, as a matter of fact, there are quite a few article delivery services to choose from, and a couple who are more focused on the financial sector that should be quite useful. Some are just warehouses of articles, or at least topics of interest, and some offer a wider component that will do the marketing mechanics for you as well. Some of those include Broadridge, Blue Leaf, Wavelength Financial, and Paladin Digital. I hope that helps. One more, and then we'll take a break. A listener named John L. writes, I listen to your show every week and always get something new to learn from your guests. One of your earlier episodes featured Pete McGrady talking about a program called PRISM to provide business continuity for advisors in case something unexpected should happen to them. Is that program still available? Is it available to all advisors? And if so, who would I talk to about the details? Well, John, that's a great question. The PRISM program was something Pinnacle Advisor Solution devised as a way to help advisors protect the value of their firms, mostly on the smaller end of the size spectrum, below $300 million. It's an innovative program, and I don't recall hearing any other firm offering something similar. The program is technically open to RIAs of a range of sizes, and the process to participate is the same regardless of the level of assets the firm manages. 
The lower end of the spectrum is around 10 to 15 million. Below that, chances of keeping and transferring those few clients to another advisor drops below what can be managed profitably in some cases, and the math doesn't work as well at that level. I hope that answers your question, Bill. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll get to some more audience mail. We'll be right back. Are you an RIA or financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, but feel like you could use some help? Feel like there are lots of growth options out there, but don't have time to research them and don't want to make an expensive mistake? Want to spend more time helping clients instead of time-consuming investment research, compliance checks, or transactional work? If you answered yes to any of these, Pinnacle Advisor Solutions has the answers you need. With a range of outsourced options and financial planning support, Pinnacle has a solution that fits your needs, budget, and circumstances to help you scale up, grow your practice, or put a succession plan in place. For more information or to set up an appointment, call 201-919-4838. And we're back with more listener mail questions. One advisor, Michael from Wisconsin, sent us a longer email offering some great positive feedback on the show and added a question at the end. So I'll paraphrase here. Enjoy your show, been listening since the launch, and especially enjoyed your piece with Chris Wynn at Advisor Assist. His approach to simply blending in compliance activity as a best practice to manage business risk made a lot of sense to me and to my partners. Are you having Chris back on the show? And if so, can you touch on how it best approach preparation for an SEC or FINRA audit? Been a while for us, and I sense one coming soon, although we've received no official notification. Thanks for your very kind note, Michael. I enjoyed interviewing Chris as well. He's got a great attitude and a terrific, positive perspective on a job function people love to hate. I've invited him to return to the show as a result, and we're in the process of scheduling episodes for the middle of the year. So look for another Chris Wynn episode coming soon. As far as the audit goes, if you followed Chris's advice and built your business processes to include room and facility for compliance issues, your audit should go smooth as silk. Best of luck with that. Here's one that takes a slightly different direction. Greg, an advisor in Cleveland, Ohio, writes, I've listened to several of your podcasts and learned something from each one. My only complaint is that the guests are experts, and there are lots of them out there. I'd like to hear a few episodes featuring advisors telling their stories about how they manage to grow their practice or make decisions regarding their business. Well, Greg, thanks for writing. You make a good point. Our guests are experts, although many of them either are currently or have been working in or on or owned an RIA as advisors. Many of them realized they had an additional skill set or a particular niche to support and either pivoted away from advisory directly or focused on supplying all the advice that that niche needed, both from an advisory standpoint and a business standpoint, becoming consultants to others to share their success. Diane McPhee used to be an advisor, as did Ginny Hutchins. Dave Grant, Marnie Hards, Ken Solo, Lauren Locker, John Hill, and Kelly Wright, among others, are still advisors to varying degrees and have stood in your shoes at one point or another. They sound so great being experts, you forget that they were advisors for years prior. We'll continue to offer experts as guests and tell first-hand advisor stories as well in the coming year. Here's an interesting one. Milt from Atlanta writes, I just found your show, and it's very interesting. I went back and looked at the other episodes and noticed that you haven't talked about tech for advisors in an episode. Small advisors depend heavily on tech to make us efficient and competitive. Any advice there? Milt, I'm glad you asked. You're absolutely correct. This is a world of tech out there for advisors, and it's a set of choices that's growing every day. 
It's the one way a smaller advisor can grow and scale and be competitive by effectively using technology to supplant his own efforts and extend and leverage his available hours. So, as luck would have it, I've managed to schedule a great guest, Bill Winterberg, the king of fintech, to come on the show and talk about using tech to leverage and expand available time in your advisory business to help grow and scale up the practice. Bill's a font of knowledge and is a terrific thought leader in our industry, and I'm sure you'll learn a lot from and enjoy his episode. So stay tuned for that one. Here's a very recent one. Paul from Philadelphia asks, I listened to the podcast episode featuring John Hill on working with physicians to develop a niche practice. I learned a lot, not only about sales technique and referral mechanics, but about how doctors operate as well. Thanks for posting the episode. My question is, what happens if there aren't enough doctors in your area that don't already have an advisor? It strikes me that in cities like Philadelphia, there are plenty of physicians, good medical schools, and a wealth of support businesses where a referral-based practice among a niche population of physicians would work fine. But what about smaller cities and towns where that's not really the case? Great question, Paul. Glad you asked. Part of working your practice toward a niche, or even a couple of niches, is determining the size of the potential client base in that niche. That step is performed fairly early in the niche planning process, and certainly by the time you're ready to start putting together a marketing plan, it will become obvious when you go to buy an email list or a mailing list, or join a referral network, or access the local physician's guide, that the numbers are too small to support more than one advisory firm. If that firm already exists in your town, it might be a good idea to assess other potential niches unless you want to fight constantly for market share. The underlying principle of niche segmentation is that it allows you to go where the food is. And if someone else has already eaten that lunch, you might be simpler, if you're in that nascent stage, to look elsewhere where you can apply your unique insights and expertise. We have time for one ask email from a listener. Here's a good one. Alicia from New Orleans asked, I've been an advisor for nearly 10 years and heard about your podcast through the NAPFA newsletter. I enjoy listening very much. I particularly like the episode from Deb Kriebel regarding women advisors. As a women advisor, I've found that women have made strides in gaining acceptance in the advisory community, but in many ways, it's still a boys club. I do agree with Ms. Kriebel that women need to start creating a pipeline of advisors in training, and some kind of campaign to funnel women toward the financial industry as a career. Are you planning to have more women advisors as guests in future, and could one of them perhaps share ideas about how we would go about creating that pipeline? I'd be happy to do my part for the cause. Well, that's a terrific question, Alicia. Certainly the statistics that Deb cited in terms of the growth of the number of women in senior advisory roles bears out your experience, as the growth curve has been fairly flat in recent years. That may mean it's time for a visibility campaign aimed at several specific sectors of the populace, including educators, HR recruiters in the financial space, and retired advisors looking for a successor. Who would sponsor that campaign and create the necessary elements of it are anyone's guess. It seems like there are two facets to this problem. One is a lack of women who want to be or are qualified to be advisors, a workforce development issue. And two, a lack of accountability for a diversity-oriented mindset among senior advisors and financial executives. Perhaps the CFP board, NAPFA, or other sanctioning body can undertake this initiative on one front or the other and start to move the needle in 2020. We'll have to wait and see. We're just about out of time for this episode of Four Advisors. If you have questions about anything you've heard on this program or want to hear on this program in the future, just drop us a line at fouradvisors at pinnacleadvisory.com. I'm your host on Four Advisors, Dave Polis. We'll be back with another episode soon, but until then, 
Thanks for listening. You're listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. This program is for educational purposes only, and the opinions expressed here by guests do not necessarily fully or accurately reflect the legal intent or nature of Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, Pinnacle Advisory Group, or its senior management. This program is not intended to give legal, investment, or financial planning advice, and opinions and statements made in this podcast should not be relied on as such. 